Hey, hey, hey. Welcome to the Men's Spy Club. I'm your host, Monica Swin, and we have a special, special guest today. Here at the Men's Spy Club, we focus on talking about be the behind the scene of what happens in the Men's Spy industry, health, wellness, beauty, and of course, the business of it all, right? So today we have a special guest. I have my friend, Ernice Williams. She is the one and only, and she is an attorney and nurse specializing in healthcare and regulatory um, compliance in the healthcare industry. And also she's an advocate for nurses and she's an advocate for the community in general. She does so many great things for the community and the mess by industry. And it was only right that we end season one with the one and only Ernice Williams. Welcome. Thank you so much. Thanks so much for having me. Uh, thank you so much for that intro. I appreciate it. Yes, of course, Ernie's. So talking about the med spa, you know the med spa is a hot topic, right? Mm -hmm. Every nurse wants to move from the mess, I'm sorry, from the bedside to the med spa industry, right? But it's, we always talking about a, a few things that you need to know, right? You have to be compliant because sometimes um, nurses move from the bedside to nurse entrepreneurship and they forget that they're still nurses <laughs> and they want to do their own thing yeah. in the space. But before we get there, I skipped a little step. Tell me a little bit about yourself and your background, skipping all over and going to um, a journey is in the nursing professional, nursing profession to um, being an attorney and give us a little backstory about your journey. Yeah, so I've been a nurse for over 15 years, um, started in the operating room, worked in many different industries, in and outpatients. Um, and for me, I always knew that I wanted to do more. A lot of people went back to school to become nurse practitioners or CRNAs. Um, and I wanted to like diversify my background a little bit more. I didn't want to be pigeonholed and just working in the healthcare industry. And so I went back to law school early in my career, but I stayed in healthcare throughout the pandemic up until 2021 and kind of did legal stuff on the side. Like that was like my side hustle, which is kind of crazy um, to kind of put that as a side hustle. But it, it was until um, like 2020 when I really started to think about what I wanted to do. In 2017, I launched my law firm working with small businesses, a lot of nurses and nurse practitioners, social workers, other healthcare providers who were starting businesses, um, but not on the scale that happened kind of in the 2020 in the last few years. And so you know, it was a slow pull because people were just trying to figure it out. There was just a lot of different things that you have to do to not just establish the business, but also make sure that you're protecting your patients and consent and all of those things. And what I learned from the lessons from the launching in 2017 was you have to be the resource and have resources in, or in order to serve others. So I think sometimes people want to serve others and be um, a leader in this industry, but they don't even have the resources necessary to help support those people. And so 
for me, it was overwhelming that every time someone had a question, I had to start from scratch. Yeah. And so when I relaunched in 2020, I focused on developing and creating resources so that I could refer people to those resources. I could, for people who couldn't afford my services, I could refer them to other people or, you know, people were looking for something specific that I didn't offer, like trademarks or, you know, state specific things that I couldn't do on my own, that I had a resource for that. And so when I relaunched with that in mind, the business definitely changed. It took off in a different way. Um, I found myself in this med spa aesthetics, Ivy hydration world. Um, and a lot of the bigger lessons that I've learned is that we, you know, when someone says, what do I need to do to be in compliant? And I say, this is what you need to do to be in compliant. They'll say, okay, and then still not do it. Right. So for me, it's a lot of repetitive conversations aren't necessarily what's teaching people or pushing people to be in compliance. It's those hard lessons of mm-hmm. watching or someone else fail or fall or be investigated or have a have an issue for you to realize what's actually out there, which is why I always tell people that you have to really start to learn from people who've been in the industry for a long time because they're the ones who can tell you the worst things that could happen and share with you what to do in case that happens so that you can continue to work. Because people, I think nurses have this extreme thought of one mistake is going to end my license, which isn't true. It can cause a headache. It can be very expensive. It can be challenging. But the reasons why most people don't recover is because they have it, ha, don't have a strong foundation. So do you want to figure out that you don't have a strong foundation when you're in trouble or do you want to build a strong foundation over time? Mm-hmm. That's what I've tried to share and educate in our community. I think it's challenging because there's a lot of shiny things that are in the med spa industry, whether it's you know coaching or whether it's training, which is necessary, all of it's needed or equipment or new techniques or things like that. People put legal kind of at the bottom over and over and over. Um, And so for me, I think that in this space, there's a lot of opportunity, but there's also a lot of risk that's not being identified or discussed. Um, And I hope that, you know, the more people normalize conversations about legal and compliance, that they won't fear it, they won't be afraid of it, and they won't also put it to the side, but they'll actually confront it, do the things that they need to do, and then move on with building their business. Right. Of course. Thank you for sharing that. So as we're talking about nurses, <clears throat> excuse me, and people just open up med spas in general, talking about compliance, um, a lot a lot of it is just not knowing because I know once I started, um, you know, I was told, yeah, you need an attorney to get your templates and your business structure, have a solid foundation. But I definitely didn't understand the importance of having my ducks in a row and like you said, just um, just kind of studying people who's been in the industry for a while, um, who have that social proof and, you know, having those conversations with them, how to navigate, um, you know, when you have a issue or how to troubleshoot an issue within your practice. Um, a lot of people just freak out and shut down mm-hmm. and they don't like you said, they don't have to, but they don't have the, um, the know how how to navigate through the the issue that they may be going through. Um, so with saying that you already touched on um, like, you know, some legal considerations when you're thinking about opening up a spa, you know, you have to have a solid foundation. So can you give us a little information on that for the person who's thinking about it or who's new to it? Yeah. So I think that people are being sold the idea of starting a med spa as the way out of the bedside Mm -hmm. instead of it being as a way to build and diversify your experience or your license. And I think that's the issue, right? So do I think that you can leave your job in six months to a year and eventually be full-time? Yes. 
But is that difficult? Yes. And so if you are so upset or angry or, you know, just don't want to work at the bedside, that is actually the foundation of your business is the skills that you're obtaining there, the relationships that you're building, the information that you have access to, but as well as the money that you're making, right? Your business is going to drain you from the beginning until you start having a profit, which takes time. Every vendor license and relationship that you build, every time you speak with a pharmacy, every order that you put in is money coming out of your pocket until the money is coming to the business. And even when money is coming in the business, it doesn't necessarily come as quickly as you think. And so people will skip the steps of going to get training to make sure you're comfortable with sticking a needle in someone's face, to make sure you're capable of sticking a needle in someone's face. What are the risks and the liabilities of doing those things? What other treatments can you do? People don't even know what's within their scope, within their state, and what the expectations are. And so how can you pay someone to tell you how to open a med spa before you even know what services you can offer in your med spa, in your state, right? Every state doesn't allow nurses to do tattoos. You may have to have a tattoo license. So if you want to do eyebrows, you need to know what it takes to also get a tattoo license. It may not be as easy as just paying money. It takes time and training. Again, Where's that money going to come from? Your job. Um, the same thing when it comes to aesthetics and, and wellness and all those services. Nurses are offering services that probably are outside of their scope without having a nurse practitioner on their team or a physician on their team seeing their patients. And I get it. It's like, am I going to get in trouble? Maybe not. But what happens when something happens to that patient? You will. And so I think the understanding your scope of practice and being okay with that. Like people want to fight the system and not that you can't, but fighting the system by doing it wrong isn't necessarily beneficial to you or to the profession because you end up getting everyone shut down and shut out and pushed out because you didn't want to follow the rules and then figure out how to navigate that later, right? So understanding your scope of practice, understanding what you need to do in order for you to open up the business because it's not just establishing the business. It's also... You know, if you're going to offer a service, what comes with that service? It's not just ordering the product. It's also the refrigerator. It's also, you know, supplies that comes with that. It's also how long does this last? If I open this vial and it's for seven days, but I have one client, how can I ensure that I'm actually going to make the money that I need to make off this one vial? Whether it's Ivy Hydration, whether it's, you know, aesthetics and Botox, fillers, toxins, things like that. So, you know, for me, I think the rush to open is actually the mistake that most people are making versus educating yourself, going to opportunities and, you know, conferences and finding educational spaces that are going to tell you what's happening in the business. Um, someone reached out to me on Instagram and was asking about a mess spot. I was like, you know, I think you should go to a conference first. Absolutely. Alice, we went to this conference and she was like, I don't think this is what I want to mm-hmm. do. She said, this is too much. This is overwhelming. I'm in this, this, you know, training and the lady is telling me how bad her, the outcome was for one of her patients and how scared she was, how scared her patient was and sending this patient to the emergency, like all of the things she was like, I didn't think it was all that. I thought it was just like, oh, my patient comes in, I do this and they leave. Right. Um, so I think that's what I hope more people do. Meeting with a lawyer so that you understand your foundations, the scope of practice is way cheaper than paying someone thousands of dollars for training and tools that you can't even apply to your business. I've had people, if you're in Maryland, I'm a Maryland lawyer. I know Maryland law. I know a lot of different states because I work with a lot of different companies in different states as well. But in Maryland, nurses cannot inject 
filler and toxins, right? Without someone being on site. On site, yeah. On site. So you pay someone in another state who doesn't know about your state for training and for tools to build a business that you can't even offer in your state. And that you could have saved yourself $5,000 by just simply asking the right questions from the right people. And so that's kind of where I hope we can start. Understand your scope of practice. Go get some training and some education that's low cost so that you can first see, like, is this what I want to do? Then invest in the training while you're still working over time before you invest in starting the med spa because you want to have, like you said, your ducks in a row. You want to make sure you can afford what it is that you're offering because if you don't have the product, you can't offer the service. So if you can't afford to make that $2,500 deposit for your first set of product, then how can you offer the service? And if that's the moneymaker in your business, then what are, you, what are you doing here, right? And you're going to try to supplement by doing other things. But at the end of the day, you're going to find yourself back at square one. So I think there's a lot of um, just circular conversations happening where people are starting at the wrong place, starting at the most expensive part of the business instead of kind of building their way up. And that to me, is what the strong foundation from. When you understand your scope of practice, then you understand what services you can offer, how much it's going to cost you to invest. Then you receive the training and you decide if this is worth it or not for you. Then you decide if you want to go out on your own. Skipping one through three and going all the way, I want to be out on my own. I can make this amount of money on my own. This is how I want to do it. Um, I think is where a lot of people are essentially kind of falling short in the business. Listen, absolutely. And amen to everything you just said. Um, skipping those steps will get you right back to being burnt out because uh, having a business, having a mess spot is very difficult. Growing it is very difficult. And you will be back at square one, like if you were working in a hospital setting. Um, but definitely, I amen everything you just said. <laughs> Listen, it's not for the week, um, but it definitely can be done if yeah. you listen. But what I found a little challenging uh, with nurses uh, mindset, switching that mindset from um, working for a facility to now enter, uh, entering entrepreneur space. And however you want to do it is how you do it. But you still have to have that mindset shift. And a lot of nurses have like a superior mindset when they come over to nurse entrepreneurship or entrepreneurship in general. It's like, you got to leave that over there because that don't work in business. Mm -hmm. You you have to let that go. And that's um, a lot of people fail with that mindset, not willing to shift over. Yeah, I think that when you're used to always walking into work and patience and work being there. You're used to getting paid every two weeks. You're used to having benefits. You're used to having money no matter what you, oh, I need extra money. I'm just going to pick up an extra shift or I'm going to go get a PRN job. When you're in business, there are a lot of pivots that have to be made that put you in a position. Sometimes when your back is against the wall, you're like, okay, I have a decision that I need to make. Am I going to pay for marketing or am I going to pay for this? Or am I going to hire someone? Or do I, you know, all of the expectations that you have as a business owner do not compare to the expectations that you have as a nurse at the bedside. It's the same level of stress times 10 because yes. now you have the responsibility of the outcomes as well. I work a 12-hour shift. I'm going to do the best I can in that 12 hours. Whatever happens to that patient the other 12 hours is not my responsibility. Whatever happens to the people who come into your place is your responsibility from the minute that they come there to they to when they leave and well beyond. Because yeah. if somebody has a reaction seven days later, it's still your fault. It's still your responsibility. And so I think that 
the humility that comes with entrepreneurship, right? That I think that I've had at times because I'm like, I don't know, right? Yeah. I'm not yeah. something that I don't know or people will reach out to me like, oh, can you do this? I can't do that or I don't yeah. have enough knowledge and I'm not going to get you to pay me to yeah. learn on the fly. Um, I think it's hard. It's hard for people to accept that it's a learning process that, you know, people come even to me and say, okay, I just want to be in compliance. And I'm like, okay, well, it's a process. Yes. It's not you wake up one day and everything is done. And then guess what? Next week, something changed in the industry. And now we have to make a shift in the business to make it work, right? Um, there are people who I see, you know, offer services in states because they have a compact license and they automatically assume, I have a compact license. I can work in any state I want. Be careful with that because yeah. you have to understand what the regulations and the expectations are for people who are in that industry. So maybe, yes, it's okay if you're working under the umbrella of a hospital who can move you around pretty quickly and they're insuring you. But if you're offering services in another state, but you're only insured for the state that you actually have your business in, are you truly covered? Right. And so that's the the next step. Oh, I, I have the things, checkbox, I have them. But in reality, it's like, do you have what you need to truly be compliant? People assume if I have a license in every single state or, you know, not even just compact, like nurse practitioners, they'll have like, oh, I have a license in 50 states. But every state has different nuanced regulations that you have to comply with. And if you assume that everybody's doing the same thing across the board, you're going to find yourself backed up against the wall when there's a situation where you should have reported it to this system or shared it to that or added, you know, sent this specific note or added this specific documentation. It is a lot there. Um, and because I work with a couple of, uh, of companies that are not aesthetic, in the aesthetics world, but healthcare companies that are in different states and we start identifying those nuances, we are always overwhelmed by how much work has to be done to just get things started. People assume if I just do the basics, I'm fine. But when you really start to tap into those nuances, that's when you get into the compliance of what it really is to me to run the business and not just to simply to be open. You can be open, you can do the work, but what is it to really be in compliance is not as simple as people think. And so sometimes people just want the answer mm -hmm. like in school and much like in nursing. I just want the answer. Just tell me what to do. Uh, and, or they'll say, tell me what to do and I'll do it myself. Oh, oh, excuse me. Okay. So like, okay, cool. Then I send them wow. a resource and then they realize how overwhelming. Yes, yeah, not my lane. Like I am not trying to do it myself. It is not my lane. It's a lot. It's a lot on the back end. So yes. well, I, I get that it can add up like all of the things that need to be done. But again, that's why preparation is key versus just executing. Thank you for sharing that. And I think that should be um, understood on the front end that um, navigating um, your relationship with your attorney is something that you may have to pivot with. I didn't even think about it like that. You know, things are definitely constantly changing. How often should a business owner check in? Um, you know, should they check in quarterly, um, uh, semi-annual? What do yeah. you think? I think where new business owners, again, fall short is they automatically assume that they have to retain an attorney. That's what they heard. I okay. need a retainer for an attorney means you give them money and then every time you ask a question or you need something, they're pulling money out of that account, right? Mm -hmm. If you don't know what you need or what you're asking for, they're going to just take your money. You call and say, oh, I wanted to know if this is, and they're like, okay, we'll do the research. It may take them five hours and now all of your money is gone. You really don't have anything to show. So I tell people when you're working with an attorney, like, you need to know what you're looking for. So if you're coming in and saying, 
I need you to review my contracts. Make sure you're asking them specifically what you want them to. You have to kind of come to them and say, okay, I'm opening a practice. These are the services that I'm offering. I want to hire someone. How do I protect my business? That's okay. a different question than just review my contracts. They'll review it. Okay, cool. Great. This is fine. But when they actually dig deeper into what you need, you don't even know what you really need unless you really understand what you need to run the business. So that's where I think a lot of people make mistakes. They'll hire a lawyer. They'll do all these things. They'll have a lawyer retainer and they really don't have a reason so there's no point of hiring a lawyer on a retainer unless you really have a business that's flourishing in the beginning most people need to hire attorneys for tasks if you need help establishing your business yes there's so many ways most of the time you could do it on your own most attorneys don't even do it because it's all online and essentially it's attached to the person who does it so they're going to have to ask you all of your information anyways input that information so most attorneys don't necessarily establish businesses unless you're operating a business that has some type of um, structure to it. So like you need an MSO and you need to figure out who needs to own what type of business, what entity, some of those questions. Um, But then I tell people, if you're establishing the business and you're looking for contracts or you're looking for consignments or you're looking for some of those foundational things, be very clear so that they can give you a flat fee so you can kind of maintain your budget. And then typically I will tell people at least annually, you should be checking with, as a new business owner, it's hard to do quarterly. It's harder sometimes to even do, you know, monthly. There are a lot of firms now that offer memberships so that they keep you up to date and you can check in a lot more often, um, whether it's monthly, quarterly, or annually, they offer different payment plans and payment structures. So you need to go with someone who's more non-traditional than going with a firm who's traditional, who say, give us your money and we'll figure out the rest, right? You want to go to to law firms that are telling you what they're giving you for the money that you're paying them. So if they say, okay, we're going to give you access to this and access to that and make sure that you're up to date on these laws and every time something changes, we'll make sure that you're in the know. That's more beneficial for a small business owner than essentially just giving a lawyer money. They're not going to necessarily do anything unless you're asking them to do something. Um, and so that's what I tell people. For my clients that I work with long term, um, there are a few select you know, med spas that I'm like, these are my people we're building to grow the scale to kind of get to the end um we check in monthly and then we do more compliance audits at least annually and then every quarter we're doing a review of their business so you know i partner with my accountant who works with a lot of my clients as well to make sure the financial i'm not taking on that responsibility that's not yes. <laughs> i can read a PL statement i understand it but the decisions that have to be made in a med spa need to be done by external people again when your business starts to flourish i'll then say okay Okay, you need to meet with, meet with a trademark lawyer to make sure that as you begin to grow, that you don't need to rebrand your business because you be, could you could be infringing on someone else's trademark. Mm-hmm. So then you have to rebrand after you have established your brand. So there are certain things that I tell people to do. You know, when you're working with a business lawyer who's used to working with small business owners like yours who understands scope of practice, who understands what's happening in the industry and staying on top of those things, that's kind of what's most important for you versus just saying, I have an attorney that I work with and they're not necessarily returning the benefit um, based on what you need. Absolutely. And that's very important that the attorney that you're working with understand um, the field in which you're in and your scope of practice. So thank you for uh, hitting on that point. That's definitely important to know. And um, as we're talking about liability and risk management, um, I think a lot of people minimize the risks that are associated with owning a med spa and all the things that could possibly go wrong. We never want anything to go wrong, but things can go south. Mm-hmm. And um, you have to be able to understand that you have enough 
insurance, liability insurance, and you need different insurances as well. Some people think you just need malpractice and liability. It's multiple insurances, quote unquote, as your practice um, grows and scale that you will need. And that's not even talk about uh, onboarding team members and what that looks like. That's a whole nother umbrella of things. People think they can just hire and that's, that's that. But um, can you touch on that a little bit? Yeah, I mean, I think that I always tell my clients when you think about compliance, if you are just solo, it sometimes is a little bit easier because you're doing everything yourself. But it's harder because, again, you're doing everything yourself. So you don't have to be responsible. You don't have to worry about who's a contractor, who's an employee, what background checks you need to complete, license and verification, things like that. I think sometimes people just hire people and they don't have an onboarding process. They don't have any systems. They don't have they don't know what needs to be done. Um, and then they hire someone, they train them and then they leave and they're like, I'm like, OK, well, what did the contract say? Oh, we didn't sign a contract because. Right. So I tell people, you know, when you're thinking about compliance and you're thinking about building, and you know that you have a good business structure foundation. You're starting to bring in good clientele and you want to grow. You want to make sure you have an onboarding process. You have policies and procedures. You have contracts in place that you are essentially understanding the back end of your business so well that when someone else comes into the business, they're not shifting the business left or right, that they're moving forward with you mm-hmm. um, and, and kind of flowing along. And so I tell people when you are building that those are the questions that you ask the lawyer that you're working with the, the compliance attorney that you're working with to make sure that you have everything in place like okay what do i need in place for the foundation and then what do i need in place to grow so i think those are two different things people sometimes want everything to grow but they don't have a strong foundation so the foundation is the structure of your business you know how your business essentially is running the people who are impacting your business the financials making sure all of that is set up and then the growth factor is making sure you have onboarding strong policies and procedures consents um, things like that. And that kind of what sets you up to be successful. Absolutely. Oh, you have give, given us so much knowledge in such a short period, of, a period of time. You got my wheels turning as well. We're like, okay, am I compliant? <laughs> am I compliant? Um, so with saying that, what products or services uh, are you offering to your clients or community um, that they can get from you? Um, you know, easy access. Yeah. So again, because I know a lot of new business owners are looking for resources and they have to jump from place to place to get access to those things. I built something called the Healthcare Business Starter Kit, which helps you as a new healthcare business owner to start from scratch. Like, how do I get the business up and running? Okay. The business up and running. How do I make sure I have the right consents, the right forms? financial responsibility, right? People steal services. How do you prevent that from happening? How do you make sure that there's a a contract in place, but also there's systems in place to make sure that people can't steal your services? When I tell you it happens, it happens. Um, And so making sure that the things that I'm talking about as growing, you have a strong foundation, um, as well as the ability to scale and grow is there, that's all in the starter kit. So people don't necessarily have to go to this person for policies and procedures and this person for protocols, this person for consent. It's all really there and it's comprehensive. I've seen people's consents. I've seen people's financial responsibility forms. I've seen people have documents that I'm like, where did you get this from? Like, oh, I got it from a friend and this person passed it on to me. Um, And so it's templated so that you can make it and personalize it to your business. It's consistent updated. So I tell people this is like a compliance and a box for people where you can have someone who's on your team, but not necessarily paying them consistently for the next few years to help you build the 
compliance portion of your business, right? It's, a, it's really about being in compliance, everything that you're going to need for that process. Um, and so what I tell, like recently something happened when I went to a conference that I heard about that I was concerned about. I sent an email to all of the people who had access to the starter kit and said, hey, this is not on everyone's radar, but I want to put this on your radar. I've already added documents for you to add to your business to make sure that your business is in compliance for this, right? That's different than now you have to find someone, hire someone, figure out. Yeah already locked in so that's one of the things and then i have like a smaller package for those who are kind of doing coaching and consulting doing um different things still maybe in healthcare or or maybe stepping outside to do some other resource offer some other resources and tools that has some again compliance tools contracts and templates and um educational resources that you understand how to grow and scale the business and then for people who pretty much have been in business for a little while but they never have thought or discussed data privacy or making sure that their website is is in compliance, there's a toolkit for that as well. So just make sure that your website is in compliance, policy, your terms of use policy, um, you are ADA compliant, that you have all of the structures in place, because those things can also kind of come out of nowhere outside of the skills and the services that you're offering um, that could impact the business as well. So there's like three different tiers and three different options for those, especially established business owners who are looking to grow and scale that healthcare business starter kit is a great option for them. But for people who are kind of like, okay, I may not need all of those things, they can explore those other options as well. Um, I don't offer as many direct consultations as much just because although people think I only do aesthetics and wellness, I don't, I do other things <laughs> as well. Um, work in this value-based care space and this, you know, healthcare tech space. And so that end of the business is growing. And um, I love being a resource to this community, but I also love to diversify the business because there's a lot of ups and downs that are happening in the business and everybody needs to be prepared yeah. for that. Um, and so I tell people if there's something that I can specific, if you reach out, I will tell you yes or no. Like I'm not going to make you pay me for something that I'm not going to do or not willing to do. Um, but I'll either point you in the right direction or I'll let you know um, what options or resources I have available to kind of help you. Oh, we appreciate you. You know, we be wanting you all to ourselves. And every time you go live or you post something or you send an email, I'll be like, oh, Lord, am I compliant? Am I doing what I'm saying? You keep me on my toes for sure. Um, It has definitely been a pleasure having you here today. We value you. We appreciate you within our community. Tell the people how they can stay connected with you. And yeah. Yeah, so I am primarily on Instagram and LinkedIn. I'm your nurse lawyer. On uh, LinkedIn, you can find me as Ernice F. Williams, and I share a lot of insight on business and business development um, and all the, the real hard things that people don't really talk about, the losses, the struggles, you know, really what happens when you hire and have to fire, what happens when you make financial mistakes, like those things are real. So you can find a lot of that content on LinkedIn. And then on Instagram, I'm, I don't know, I, I'll just be sharing stuff. I, I, there's no real rhyme or reason right now, but a lot of people find me through there when they're talking about compliance and different um, topics that may pop up in the industry that I feel that we need to share or discuss. So you can find me there and I'd love to to connect with you all. All right. Thank you so much. Thanks for listening today. Um, the Med Spot Club. And we look forward to talking to you guys soon. See you next season. Bye.